Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. God bless. God bless. We welcome everyone, the young men, women, and worldwide. <laughs> young men, women, and worldwide ministry tonight as we present our Bible study. To God be the glory. We thank everyone for joining us tonight. Thank you all all for being here. And as tonight we're going in to finish up in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, which was started last week by Pastor Robin Albright. And tonight we, we, we're we're going to jump right into it. We're going to uh, move inside and talk about leadership positions and different other positions that are in the church. As we always do, we start on time. Uh, Pastor Albright, are you here? Well, Pastor Albright is not here. So we're going to continue on and we're going to move on. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Father, once again. We thank you for showing us and leading us through this day. We thank you for being with us, Father God. And, Father God, we just ask that you come down and you share your word, Father God, that that you open up the doors and everyone can jump in and be a part of tonight's Bible study, Father God. Father God, we just thank you. In a mighty way, Father God, we just thank you for all you have done, all you shall do, and all you will do. But most of all, Father God, we just thank you for being God by yourself. And, Father God, we just we just ask you to, to walk with us tonight, Father God, as we walk through your word. And, Father God, lead us in a powerful direction tonight. And somebody may get to hear something that they need to hear Somebody may be changed in some of the things that they thought were right, but according to your word tonight, Father God, let your word take take mm, let your word overpower them and embrace them to understand about your direction and how things go inside your kingdom according according to your will and your purpose in your kingdom. And we just thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Um, we'll go on and do the announcements. <clears throat> we thank everyone again for being with us this evening as we move on to do the announcements. Um, this Wednesday, please join us on the open mic as this is men's month and in the month of February, and we will have um, Bishop. Nino, out of the Bronx, New York, he will be coming to share a word of God with us. So we just ask you all to join us and be with us on Wednesday night and come hear this powerful man of God. Then we ask you to join us again on Friday night 
and we'll put the number up, and it will be announced on Wednesday night as we go and join forces with <coughs> Elder Renee Brooks, and we go and share with her on her on her phone ministry. And then on Saturday night, we'll be back on this number here, and we just ask y'all to join us because um, an awesome woman of God will be coming to share a word with us. Um, evangelist Easter Williams will be coming to share a word with us on Saturday night. I'm telling you, don't miss this woman of God. Um, we just we, we just know that she is a powerful woman of God, and we tell you to come <clears throat> so you can hear the word of God from this woman of God. And um, those are our announcements. I don't think we have any other. But, again, we just ask you all to take heed to what you heard, and we just ask you to join us. Um, we just ask you to join us as we uh, move forward in doing the will of God and doing what God has put in place for us to do. Amen? Amen. I guess I'm. I made. I. I. I'm hoping that there's some of y'all I can't see on my board that are here on the line. Um, but if I'm if I'm here by myself, I know I'm not, <laughs> because there's one person on the line with me, and we just thank God for that, because God said wherever two or three come in agreement, He is in the midst. And we're going to go on and share God's word, to his Bible study tonight. And we just thank God. We just thank God for all those that are here. We'll, come, we'll be coming out of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And we'll be reading from the 11th verse. And uh, we'll just we'll just share a little, bit, a little bit with you about last week. Last week, uh, Pastor Albright she shared on uh, walking in unity, and we thank God for her and what she shared. And one thing that God told us as we walk in unity, He told us walk worthy of your calling. And tonight we want to talk with you about God's calling. Um, because we need we need to understand about how to walk worthy in our calling. And tonight we want to just discuss with you. We're hoping that some of y'all join in, but if you don't, to God be the glory, God's teaching is going to go forward anyway, and we just thank God for that. Reading from the fourth chapter, 11th verse. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine 
by the trickery of men and in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, and may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined it, knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, cause growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And we just want to start right there. And it, and it lets us know that when Jesus ascended, when he descended, he went into the depths of the earth. But when he ascended, he left gifts unto the, unto the church, and he left a fivefold ministry unto the church. And he said there would be some would be apostles. And if I could just throw a question out there to anyone on the line tonight, Can y'all hear me? Can anyone hear me? Or did I get cut off? Okay. Nobody came but me and you. <laughs> so if I can ask you any questions, I would ask, what is an apostle? And and what is the duties of an apostle? Could anyone answer that question? What's the God be the glory? The devil is alive. He thinks that I'm going to stop teaching this lesson tonight. I'm going to go on. An apostle is one who sent forth to pioneer and establish new works and new leaders. And we need to understand more so about all the people that we're seeing. Everyone wants to be an apostle but everybody's not called to be an apostle. And are they, are they giving up the evidence of what the Bible says and what God says that an apostle should do? We turn around, we have, we need to see evidence of someone walking in the true calling of being an apostle. Apostle is one that goes out and he established, sets in place, and puts everything in a format that God has directed him to do in the church. And otherwise, an apostle is one that sets the whole ministration of the church. He's the one that, that brings in the whole fivefold ministry into the church. And he puts the church in the order that God and Jesus had instructed that the church should be set up in. If anyone wants to look up about an apostle, you can go into First Corinthians, the ninth chapter. And as we go on, he said that some would be prophets. We have a lot of people walking around calling themselves prophets and 
and never prophesy a word. But yet they walk in the title as being prophets. We need to understand that people need to show evidence of the title that they walk in. Because where there's no evidence, and if you go into Deuteronomy, it tells you that in there that, 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 that one thing, that if a prophet prophesies you something and, and it doesn't come to fold, then God never said it. And God tells you in, 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 in Deuteronomy, do not fear that prophet. Because what God has set up, that a prophet, and he says a prophet is one who speaks for God, words to inspire, correct, and motivate. And if you want to understand one thing, the apostle and the prophet have a more intimate relationship than anyone else in the fivefold ministry. Now, some people jump on me about saying that, but what God, the responsibility that God has given them, that, that, that even from the Old Testament into the New Testament, a prophet had an, a position and a relationship with God that not even David the king of Israel had with the fathers. Because God will reveal things to a prophet that he won't reveal to nobody else. And we need we need to be able to see the evidence of somebody saying who they are as being a prophet. Let's move on. It says here that some would, some are evangelists. And we need to see we need to see people that say they are evangelists evangelizing. And when and when you look at the, the, the operation of an evangelist, it's not evangelizing the church, but it's evangelizing the world. Let's read what God says about the job of an evangelist. One who shares Christ with outsiders and trains others to do so. So what happens with an evangelist, an evangelist one that evangelizes outside the church not, and, and comes to teach people in the church how to evangelize. So as we look at, 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 at people walking in titles, we need to see the evidence of them doing the assignment that God has gave, given them in that title. We move on to some pastors and some teachers. Everybody that's that is called a pastor hasn't been hasn't been called to be a pastor. And we need to understand what is the job of a of a pastor. One who shepherds God and God's God's people as they serve. 
Did you hear that? One who shepherds, guides, and guards God's people as they serve. And 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 we need we need to understand when seeing the fullness of what God says that His pastors that He called will walk in the instructions of of the assignment that He's given them. And it lets us understand what a pastor is. Because everybody that, that calls himself a pastor, God didn't call him maybe to be a pastor because he said some. If you ever, if you want to go back on two things, and a prophet, you want to go back, go to Acts 15, the 32nd verse, and you'll see about prophets. Evangelists going to Acts 21, the 21st chapter, the 8th verse, and 2 Timothy, the 4th chapter, the 5th verse, and read about evangelists. Evangelists. And pastors going to Jeremiah, the 3rd chapter, and the 15th verse, and you will read about the duty and what a pastor should be doing. We need to know and understand the, the the works of the gifts of the fivefold ministry. God also said that there there would be some teachers, and a teacher is one who trains God's people in the truth and teaches others to do so, and and. And that's what a teacher is. A teacher is one that, that teaches the truth and teaches other people how to distribute the truth and teach others how to receive the truth from them. Everybody can be a teacher. And it says in the Bible, woe to those who take on the position of teachers. Because the teacher is held accountable for a lot of things. His way, his, his, the things that he is held accountable for is just like, just like a pastor. The Bible says, "Much given, much required." He is. He has a. He has a, a whole lot of requirements that he has to meet. And walking as being a teacher of God's people. And we need to understand that. We need to embrace that. The Word of God says for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, of the edifying of the body of Christ. And that's what I love there, that, that, that the fivefold ministry was put in place. And see, every church <clears throat> that is set up according to the word of God should have the fivefold ministry in place in their church. Because all these people, all these calls and all these, t- these positions and gifts need to be in place to be able to edify mm, to edify and and train up the the, min, the ministries and the people in the church. 
It says for the equipment of the saints for the work of ministry. And through the fivefold ministry, they will equip you on how to walk in the ministry of the church. It says for the edifying unity, I mean for the edifying of the body of Christ, and that's for the lifting up the body of Christ that 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 when the fivefold ministry and they and they operate in the calling that God has called them in, they will edify and lift you up to be able to minister. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. Be able to minister to God's people and not only to God's people but all those on the outside and be able to draw people in. To the church, because then you will be trained, and you will be able to go out and know how to minister to people wherever you at. But it says here one thing in the thirteenth verse. She says, "Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect man." And what the word perfect means, equipped to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. Mm-mm-mm. But he goes on to say that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Now, I want to stop right there. And I want to just talk to you about that he said that we should no longer be children. And what he means here is that we should no longer, we should no longer, we should be mature and be no more children. That, that, that he says that we should, we should be able to grow by, by the teachings of those that have taught us in the fivefold ministry that we should not be on milk no more, but we should be able to start eating meat and, and become mature as children of God. We should, uh, we should start to grow. Because when we hear the word and we go to Bible study and we go here, we're supposed to start growing and not, and not being a baby no more Drinking with no understanding. Because now we, we have someone that's teaching us, someone that's, that's embracing us to take us out and give us and start moving us into a place of maturity. He goes on to say, that we shall no longer be children tossed to and fro. And that 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 got that got to me because what he's saying here is that we shouldn't be we should we should not be in a place. <laughs> and you really you really gotta grasp this. We should be in a place to have a faith and not be and not be in a doubtful mind of of what of, of how we're being taught in the word the word of God. Our faith we should be we should be established by our faith right now. 
and not being tossed to and fro. And that means being thrown back and forth in our minds about what is true and what ain't true. Then we should, our minds are, are tossed to and fro like the waves. We shouldn't be tossed to and fro like waves no more when it comes to walking in our faith with God. Our faith should never get shipwrecked when it comes to God and his word. We should, we should be there. We should have established our faith that we trust, we believe in God, and we believe in the word of God. It goes on to say, carrying about with every wind of darkness. Wow. And the thing is that we should be rooted and grounded in the truth of God. That that and and, and I want to say this about the doctrines that that there's so many different books coming out and people having revelations in their books and that book and this book and that book and that book that you'll get yourself caught up being persuaded in other doctrines that people have drawn up if you go out to read all these other books. Because one thing about the Word of God is that you're seeking out the revelation that God has for you in his word. I don't mind hearing somebody else's revelation, but when I read the word of God, I seek out the revelation and understanding that God has for me that applies to me in my walk. But if I read everybody else's doctrine and everybody's different books and stuff like that, I'm going to be... I'm going to get a little confused, and then I'm going to add some of that stuff on the minds that don't need to be added on. So we, we need to understand that we need to be rooted and grounded in the truth and in the word of God. He goes on to say, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. We should be able to discern truth from error. We should have freedom from being, for deception. Nobody should be able to deceive you about what the word is saying or try to persuade you to believe what they want to believe. You need to be able to discern what is true and what is not true. And let me tell you something. The discerner is in you because over in 1 John, it says, let no one else teach you but the anointing. And the one thing about that, that if you let the Holy Ghost lead you, it's going to let you know that which is right and that which is not right. Because it is it is it is your operation of discernment. And it need, and you need to let it operate in you. 
that you'll be able to know that which is true and that which is not. It goes on to say, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. We need to be able to speak the truth in love. And what that's saying is that, that when we share the word of God, we need to share the word of God in love. Not, I know more than you. Not that you don't know nothing. But we should be able to share it in a loving way that a person can receive from you. And sometimes people are not going to like the way you come at them, you know what I'm saying, because some people want you to come at them in, in their own type of way. But I'm here to tell you that, 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 that as long as you come with the truth, because the word of God says that the truth shall make you free. So as long as you come with the truth, I think, I feel a person should be able to receive it. You shouldn't have to talk to no grown person like they're a little kid. And some people can't receive from a firm talking person because they want somebody to talk to them like a little child. You've got to be able to not to look past the person and hear the sweetness of the word of God. It says, from whom the whole body joined knitted together by, by what? Every joint supplies. Wow. And we have to understand that. Constant growth in spiritual we need We need to constantly be growing spiritually. Because one thing it says there, from whom the whole body jointed knitted together by what? Every joint supplies. And everything is supplied according to the working of the gift of the Spirit of God that's in you. So we, we, we must constantly be able to grow spiritually. And then it says, this is what, this is what it really gets me, from whom the whole body joined knitted together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share and, and, and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And we need to understand that we need unity and what we do. There needs to be unity. Because, see, where there's unity, there's power. And where there's power, there's always unity. And if the whole body and every joint supplies what it does without any jealousy, without any, anything that I'm better than you or this, that, but we, 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 we move in unity with each other, we lift up the body of Christ. We edified up because then we're all in the same mindset and we're all on one accord. And if we remember when, when, when apostles on the day of Pentecost 
were in the upper room and they were all on one accord, the Holy Ghost fell on them with, with, with great power. We need to be able to embrace that, that part. That we can work together and not think that my gift is better than your gift or, or, or my title is greater than your title. Let me give you a key word. Each title has a different responsibility. The men you see on TV walk in some of the same titles that a lot of us walk in, but it's just that God gave them more of a responsibility in, 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 in the place that they at. Their title is not greater than yours, but, they, but their responsibility is more than yours. Much given, much required. Again, that, that, that due to the responsibility, much is more required of them than it may be you on the level of where you at. So never think that somebody's gift is greater than you when you and them have the same gift. Just understand that, that they have maybe have a more responsibility weighed on them working out of the gift that they're in. Ah, Jesus. Y'all got to catch that. Working out of the gift that they're in is because of where they're at. They got mega churches. They got more responsibility than you do, and you got a little church. Is, they, is your, your gifts the same? Yes, they're the same, but it's just that one, one person has more responsibility under the gift that God gave them, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything that says that your gifts are not on the same level because you all both have the same gift. It's just one gift has more responsibility than the other. Much given, much required. So the more that God gives you, the more requirement it adds on to you. His gift ain't greater than you, but but the requirements that he meets are greater because he got more. I'm telling you, you... This this is awesome to just just to understand about walking in your calling, walking in the responsibility that God has given you to walk in, because there's a whole lot that you have to you have to you have to um that comes upon you. There's a whole lot that comes upon you. And we just thank God that you're able to hear it. And we're going to go on tonight. Um, As we move on to talk about the new man, and I'll read it first and come back and I'll expound on it. This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk in the rest, and you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the totality of their mind, having their understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings 
have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with, with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him, have been taught by him, and as the truth is in Jesus, that you put, put off concerning your former conduct and the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in the true and true righteousness. Here Paul and them is telling us and talking to the Ephesians about being a new man. Oh, glory to God. And he's telling them, pull off. Pull off the old man. He says here, this I say, therefore, testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And here Paul is talking about that, that they're walking in a vain mind because, because they're still walking in the world. Their, 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 their mind is vain. And here he's letting them know, I don't want you to walk like them, that your, man, your mind is vain, but I want you, because we know that Paul was sent to, to draw in the Gentiles, and that's where his ministry was. So he was, he was out converting them from walking like all the others that were walking of a vain mind. And, 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 and we have to understand that, that, that there's a change that comes in our lives that we need not walk with a vain mind anymore being, being children of God. We, 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 need, we need not be like them, for Paul says that their minds are futile. He goes on to say, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. And, 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 and that is so true that when you see, when you see the truth, you don't, want, you, you, you don't want to understand the truth because your understanding is darkened because it's not what you're accustomed to understanding. But he's telling you to shake that off because that's all the old man. This is all the characteristics of the old man that you want to that you want to that you want to that you want to pull off. You want to get rid of those things that when you were in the world, but now you're in the kingdom. You don't want to walk with your with with your understanding darkened while you're in the kingdom, because now God uh, 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 and God's agents are turning around and bringing you into the light, showing you some things that can lift you up to be more than who you were while you were in the world. He goes on to say being alienated from the life of God, which is which is very powerful. Alienated to the to God's life. You know, you don't want to be an alien to God's life. You know what I'm saying? 
and we know what an alien is. An alien is somebody that comes from a, from another place and comes in, but does but but is never a part of where they come to. They always they're always different. And God says, don't 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 let that be you as being like them other ones and being an alien unto the life of God. Now that you stepped in, become a part of it. Don't alienate yourself from it, but be a part of it. You know, you have people coming to church, and they stay off a distance. Instead of just sit a day drawing themselves nearer to those that are walking in the spirit of Christ. You know, that new convert or somebody, you know, you, we, 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 you need to draw yourself in and become a part of the place that you're at. People coming to church brand new, they, 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 they become an alien. They alienate themselves a distance when they need to draw themselves in and become partakers. And this is what the word is telling them there. Do not alienate from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. And 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 that's what the Gentiles that they were talking about. And we all was once like that. Ignorant to that is in in them. And we and even when we was in the world before we came into and we were going to church and, and maybe we were hanging still hanging out in the world and we hadn't gotten saved yet, we were ignorant to the things that we know today. And it wasn't that it wasn't there, but we, we didn't want to know. Okay, and we and we were truly ignorant to all the things that were taking place around us because we didn't want to know. God says in His Word, "My people pass for lack of knowledge." That 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 He was letting us know something that if we act ignorant to the things that are going around us, we will perish. We need we we need to seek it out. We need to find out, and we need to want to be a part of it. But here, when we were in the world. We were ignorant to all the things that were going on around us because God says that our blessed just as well as unjust. So there was there were things that God was still doing in our life, and we were still ignorant to who was doing it. And now we need, we, we, need to, we need to push that ignorant man out of us and bring the new man in. He goes on to say, because of the blindness of their heart. And that and that is deep itself because we all we, we do be blind in our heart. Because until until we gave our life over to God. You know what I'm saying? There there was a transformation not only done done in us, but it was also done in our heart. Because now we had a different we had a different heartbeat for God than we still than the heartbeat we had in the world. And what I mean by that is now is now, you know, a lot of us love the things we did in the world. Let's be real. Come on, everything out in the world wasn't that bad. But the love that we that we grew to love Christ with now makes us overshadow the love that we had for the things that were in the world. 
Because a lot of things that we loved in the world doing only benefited us while we were doing it. But now we love Christ, and even when we're not doing right, God still loves us. And it makes us love him back. And now our hearts are not blinded to the truth. And these are the things that when we were Gentiles, our former state that we, as Gentiles, we walked in. And and he doesn't want us to walk. He wants us to recognize and be uh, uh, held accountable for knowing when those things show up in our lives again, that we need to walk away from them. That thought, that feeling, we need to walk away from those things. He went on to say, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Mm-mm-mm. And then he talks about our past feelings. We have to understand about our past feelings. We have our past feelings about a lot of things that we did when we were in the world, but we shouldn't even, we shouldn't even have no feelings about those things no more. And I'm not here to tell you that things in our lives don't show up. The devil don't bring those things, thoughts, past feelings. You see old girl that you or old boyfriend you saw in the world and you walk by them, but now you're a child of God. And sometimes you look at them and those past feelings start to come. You need to be able to ward them off because you're not walking in your past. You're walking in your future. Mm-hmm. And we must give up past feelings. It also lets us know the lustfulness. Mm-hmm. That we need to be able to push away our all lustful feelings. And believe me, Lustful feelings are not only for sexual things, okay? You know, we could have a lust that we want to go, you know, see some people from the old club we used to, and, and, and we start lusting to go back to the club or, or, or lusting memories about the things we did in that club. We need, we need to push those past. And that's why the Word of God tells us that we need to cast down every exchange of imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought under obedience of Christ Jesus. Because they're going to come. But we need to be able to say, that's when I was in the world. These are all the characteristics of the old man. It goes on to say, to work with all uncleanness, with, with greediness, and 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 we were we were greedy. 
we were greedy. You know, when we were in the world, we wanted that. Ah, give it it, give it it, give it it. And all that we could get, we would we, we, we would be greedy for. We wouldn't give nothing if we didn't have to give nothing to nobody. But now we're in the kingdom, and we need to push that old man because now we're in a place where it's about sharing. That's the new man. The new man is about sharing. The old man was about being greedy. And the word of God says, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you pull off concerning your former conduct. And we need we need to understand about pulling off our former conduct. He says that and lets us know that that, that we gotta pull some we gotta pull these things off us. And we gotta pull off and it says, um, pull off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And, and we, 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 we've got to pull this old man off us. Because now we're walking with God, and we're not walking in the mindset of the old man. So the old man is a spirit. In the nature of the devil, and we, we we have to pull that off us. We have to pull that. We have to we have to rid ourselves of that old spirit. And I'm and I'm not here to tell you that it's going to happen overnight. But we need to go through the process of getting rid of the old man, because the old man is a spirit, which is the nature of the devil. And we need we need, we need we need to to start easing. And this is why, why Paul told us that we, should, we need to die daily because we need to kill off the old man. And, 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 and some of us, he ain't going to be killed off in one day. So we need to go through the process. And that's why Paul said that we need to die daily. We need to start killing them daily until we get rid of them. Because a lot of people that I see jump up and swear this and the old man is dead, but sometime in their life, they revive the old man, and he come back to life. And they doing some stuff that they used to do that they shouldn't be doing if he was truly dead. And this is why I believe that Paul said that we need to, we need to die daily. And what, he, and what I believe he's talking about, we need to die daily to ourselves of being partakers still of the old man. We need we need to really understand that I don't care who you are, you know what I'm saying. Until you kill them off, you can't you can't walk in the newness of who you are and 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 and, and be complete. So there's a place that we want to be complete, completely walking in the new man. But unless we recognize and confront those things of the old man, we'll never walk in the fullness of the new man. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God 
and true righteousness and holiness. So so he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And, and, and what renews us in the spirit of our mind but the word of God? The word of God is what renews us in our mind. And we need to be renewed in the new man, in our mind. Because we renew in the attitude of your mind by renouncing its vanity, its darkness and its blindness, and learning of Christ. And, and that and that is it because because if we let if we let ourselves still be consumed by those things that we that we was we we, we hadn't given up. The song that they sing can't sing that song because we haven't surrendered a lot of things in our lives. We haven't, we haven't surrendered to some of those things that we're still wrestling with. Because if somebody's wrestling with, they're doing it. I got things that I'm wrestling with. I ain't perfect. I'm still killing an old man. And he still jumps up sometimes. And every time he jumps up, I try to push him down. You know what I'm saying? But you have to be real with yourself and know where yourself is in the walk that you have with Christ today. That you need to be renewing your mind. You need to be you need to be studying the Word of God. You need to be renewing your mind. You know, I I got to get better at, at doing it myself. I'm not going to tell nobody else that what they need to do, and I'm working it on myself to get better at renewing my mind. But we need to renew our mind. As we move over, and we start learning one thing, we start learning Christ. We start hearing and being taught by Christ. As we put off the old man, okay, as we put off the old man and be renewed in our mind attitude and put on the new man and put and and, 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 and that's the awesome stuff as we put on the new man, the righteous man. That man that 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 we need to be walking in, and that's and that's driving to walk in the fullness of Christ Jesus, because the world says greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. That 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 there's no greater person that I can be walking in His character but Him that's in me, which is Christ Jesus, because I had no power in walking in that old man. But I, but I, but I can walk in power in the new man. Mm. It goes on to, um, to tell us as we go and go close this out. It says, "Do not grieve the spirit." Mm. You know, we have to understand about grieving the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when when we don't take heed to what He tells us what he directs us in, what he counsels us in, what he directs us in, we don't take heed. So now God is 
has has given Paul and them to give us a direction and give us an understanding of those things that will grieve the Holy Spirit. So we want to walk, and I'd like you all to listen for a minute to the things that, that you need to take heed to that grieve the Holy Spirit. And they say, put, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with its neighbor. And and, and that's a key thing that, 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 that I find some people, they don't want the truth. And they call themselves a child of God. But my thing is that this here, I'm going to tell you the truth and to tell, to, tell you, to, to tell you something just to make you feel good. And that is what's happening with a lot of us. We want to be lifted up by people all the time. And, 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 and then, whew, hallelujah, then they're not telling us the complete truth, but telling us something to make us feel good. I don't want to feel good. Tell me the truth. Because when you tell me the truth, then I can make changes in whatever I'm doing that's not right. But if you make me feel good in what I'm doing wrong, then I'll never get it right. I'll never get it right. So, so we, want, uh, we want to stop lying to one another, and we want to be able to tell somebody the truth. For the word of God says the truth shall make you free. So I'm going for you to tell you the truth because it frees me from something that I'm living that's not the, that's not the truth, which is a lie. I'm hoping somebody got that, 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 that here, you know, the word of God is telling us that grieves the Holy Spirit than when we don't speak the truth. For we are members of one body. Be angry and do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And we need to, we need to really take heed to that. We do. Be angry without sinning. And, and and we need to be angry. You know, God God says be angry but don't sin. And and we we need to be able to get angry with somebody. And sometimes you need the the sin most of the time comes out of your mouth. Or it may come out of a body act reaction to being angry with somebody. They may reach out to the one of the one of touch you. Get off me. You know what I'm saying? We we need to be able to be angry and don't commit a sin. And then the word says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, we need to be angry with people, but we need to straighten it out before the sun goes down. We need to come to a place of peace that we both can walk away and go home and be, and be at peace with what we talked about that made you angry or made me angry. Because one thing about it, and, and, and this is one thing that I don't know if I'm going to see you tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to see me tomorrow. And at least if we, if, if we ended up in peace and somebody tell me, well, you passed away yesterday, I could say, you know what? And then somebody say, I saw y'all arguing. Did y'all square that off? Because that's something to go. And I want to be able to say, yeah, we squared that off. Um, we was at peace with each other. You know what I'm saying? But that's where you want to be. And that's why God said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because you don't need to go to bed angry at your brother or sister in the body of Christ. At all. You don't need to be angry. And it's just, nor give place to the devil. Because, see, when, 
when we go to when we when we go to bed and the sun goes down around, we angry. We just pray to the devil. But now the devil wanna mess with our mind. He wants to he wants to drum up how we could get him back or do this or do that to him, and we give place to him to intervene and come in and start throwing thoughts in both our heads. Because we didn't, we didn't come to a peaceful place, but I, I think that God's word gives me one thing: that that when I call on Jesus in the middle of my anger, He said that His peace, which surpasses all understanding, shall protect the heart and the mind. So I I, I need to be able to call on His peace because I'm I'm a, I'm a walking evidence that His peace will. One time, me and the pastor, I was sitting on under. Had a difference because of some some people had said and wanted to talk to me and I had to meet me in a sanctuary. I didn't meet him in this pastor's study, but the thing was that when I got in there before him and I was in there a while before he came, I prayed and I prayed that prayer. God, let your peace, which surpasses all understanding, protect my heart and my mind. That man came through the door. We were sitting in the pews. He yelled and screamed at me about certain things that that I that he heard that I interpreted scripture wise, blah blah blah, and the whole argument was about that you know, it was something that he preached that somebody said and they asked me a question to, you know, and he just was upset. He just started yelling and screaming, but. The thing was that God's peace came, and when I responded, I didn't respond back yelling and screaming back at him. I just gave him the word of God. And the thing was that, 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 that the thing was the big thing that he told the church that God will say no sometimes. And I told some people that, that in the Bible it says that everything let your navy yet let your navy name let your yay be yay, but everything in Christ Jesus is yes. And I told them the only time that God will say no to to someone is that's what He didn't have in place, or 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 they they are an enemy unto Him, and He'll say no to His enemy. And I gave him the word of God. But the thing was that. When me and him walked out of that sanctuary, he said to me, he said, I have never met anyone like you. And I told him, it wasn't about me. It was about the spirit of Christ that I invited to be in the midst of our conversation. You went off, you yelled and screamed, but his peace was here with me. But in the middle, if I didn't do that, I could have left the door open, and me and him would have been angry at each other, blah, blah, and I would have left way for the adversary to come in and, and, and take over, and me and him would have been, we might have cussed each other out or something, even though I don't cuss, but that might have happened. Who knows what could have took place? So you've got to know inside of your anger, inside of the wrath, trying to, trying to bring peace, you know, before the sun go down on your wrath, you got to make it a priority. You got to make it a priority. Amen. I just wanted to share that when it comes to that. Because those things do grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to try to bring you into a peaceful place. And I thank God that what I just 
talked about with me, it was all about the Holy Spirit and me following the direction of the Holy Spirit to bring to have a peaceful conversation and 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 have peace at the end of the conversation that we both could walk out the door and our spirits would be settled in the midst of the peace of God. Amen. That's what it's about. But it says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor and work with his hands and with... Uh-uh-uh. and work with his hands what is good and all this is going to be self-explanatory that he may have something to give him who has need and and that's the whole thing that, that and I love what it says there that, that even though you used to steal but now become a giver change don't steal no more. Go out and do something good and be able to give somebody just like you used to steal from people. Now become a giver. And be able to let God change you into being what he has you to be. And that's an awesome thing. That is an awesome thing when you get there to be a giver. Let no corrupt words receive out of your mouth, but what is good for the necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. And that's one thing you want. We don't, you know, corrupt words are are, are words that hurt people, cursing, you know, curse words, or or calling people out of their name. I, I can't stand that. If I call you by your name, I don't care how angry you get, don't be calling me. No crazy name, Shyster or, or nothing like that. Don't call me nothing. Call me David because I'm going to call you by your name. But if you call me out of my name, that grieves the Holy Spirit because you're calling me something else out of your anger, and the Holy Spirit is being grieved because it's probably trying to, trying to make you change in what you're saying. So know that the... the, the that, that we have to understand that let no corrupt words receive out of our mouth, but what is good for the necessary edification that it may impart grace. Ooh. And do you hear the word grace? And the grace of God is unmerited favor. That, that we should, we, we should in, impart favorable words, oh, Jesus, to our hearers. It should be a favorable word, grace that we may impart grace, a favorable word, unto your ears. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for that. And it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And, 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 and God don't want you to grieve that which we put in you. This is, this, this, is, this is the one that's sealing you, that's counseling you, that's giving you all things. But don't grieve, don't let it feel grieved by the things that perceive out of you, your mouth, and your body. It said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and calamity and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And and it's just letting you know, let all that bitterness and wrath and anger and calamity and evil speaking be put away from you. You're not that person no more. You're not that person. 
You should know that in your anger, if you was a if you was in the world and you was a cussing person, then you need to be able to transform yourself in your anger and being a child of God. That you need to know, okay, I need to shut my mouth because I don't want the devil to get a hold of my tongue and then boom. I used to hate the old people in the church. They used to say this, don't let me have to lay down my religion. And I used to be like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Because that means if you take it off, then you're going to be like that person in the world going at each other. But if you took it off, how could you put it back on? Because them people, all the people that seen you go off, I'll never look. I don't care if you put it back on, they'll never see that 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 person that 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 person of Christ in you again. And you have to be mindful of that. That what people will see. Because one thing about the worldly people, what they see with the natural eye is what they believe. Amen. And, and we have to, you have to understand. We have to understand that. That's why I said that all business, laugh and anger and calamity and evil speaking, we put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and even as God and Christ forgave you. And we have always got to think about the forgiveness that they gave us. That we need to be, we need to be kind and tenderhearted to one another. We need to forgive each other. You know what I'm saying? We have such a problem in forgiving each other, and we're brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. We should automatically be able to forgive each other. We are the same blood. The DNA that, that when, when we got born again, we got washed in the blood of Jesus, we all walk in the same spiritual DNA. One spirit, one God, we all serve it. And we should be able to be kind to one another and tenderhearted. And when it means tenderhearted, then I, I should I should have sympathy for you whatever you're going through. Tenderhearted. Whatever touches you got to touch should touch me just like it touched you. And we need to be tenderhearted. We need to understand that bomb that that what you feel when you hurt, I'm hurt too. When you happy, I'm happy too. Okay, we need to be able to feel these things for one another. As God has has joined us together in one spirit. And like I said, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. And we need to know that, that, that they're always in a place of forgiving us because we're always doing something wrong. And we need to be in a place to be able to forgive each other because everybody's always doing something wrong. You may not do the same thing wrong that I do, and I may not do the same thing wrong that you do, and we may hang out with each other, and our wrongs will never be the, the, the same, but our forgiveness will be the same. We should have the same forgiveness for each other. If you forgave me, I should be able to forgive you. And I shouldn't be a word that when I get angry that what you did, I bring it back up. Because when I bring it back up, anything that you did, I didn't forgive you. Because it ain't the point that I, I, I that we're, it's going to take time to forget about anything that happened. But when I speak on it, it shows me how full is, our, is your forgiveness. I, I used to have an old lady tell me in the church, she said, you know, a lady did something to her, and it took her a while to forgive her. 
and she wouldn't speak to her nothing. But then she grew to speak to her because what she did to her didn't have a sting on her like it did when it first happened. And when she forgave her, she forgave her because she had grew she had grew in a place of forgiveness. A lot of you and a lot of us have to grow into a place of some of to forgive certain things. But we need to take in mind that until I until I grow to that place that if I get angry at that person about anything, I need to walk away because I'm working on my forgiveness. And I don't want to sabotage the forgiveness that I'm getting ready to, to, to one day say I forgave you to somebody. Because if you react, hallelujah, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you react and say you forgave me with words, but haven't forgiven me in your heart, I'll never believe when you really forgive me. Because you're going to come to a point to grow to forgive me to never bring it up again. But I'll never believe you forgave me because every time when you get mad or get angry, you bring it up. And then you come back to me and say, forgive me, I, I'm sorry, I, I got to get past this. And whenever the day you do get past it, I, I won't believe it because of how many times that you didn't, you told me you forgave me. 300 and some times, because you kept bringing it up 300 and some times. It'd be like the little boy that cried wolf. When the wolf really came, nobody believed him. So we, we need to be mindful of about walking in forgiveness, because one thing about God and Jesus, they forgive us. And the word says that, that he, when he forgives us, Whatever he forgives us of, he puts those things that he forgave us in the depths of the sea. We need to work on forgiving people and putting those things in the depths of the sea. As I grew up, it used to be a word, and so I looked in the Bible, and it says in the depths of the sea. But the old people used to say that God would forgive you and put those things in the sea of forgetfulness. We need to be able to put things and it's be a forgetfulness. We thank God for the for the teaching on Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the eleventh to the thirty second verse tonight. We studied spiritual gifts, the new man, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We thank God for the for, for the reading of His Word and the teaching of His Word tonight, and we just add we just say all those that have an ear to heard what the Spirit has said unto their church tonight, and those of you that may take this tape and listen to it, let it, let 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 the teaching tonight bless you. Um, I like open form. Bible study, but it seemed like everybody wanted to be silent tonight. Nobody wanted to share. I get a chance to go up on the other Bible study I teach on Thursday night where I have a good time, and I'm hoping that we can bring that joy to this line where I have a bunch of people on on a Bible study I, I teach in New York, on the New York line, 
that we just have a good time. And I'm, I'm hoping that I, I'm going to start bringing some of them over here so we so I can have me a good time on this one on Monday nights. But, again, we just thank everyone that was here, and we just ask that whatever you heard, I hope that it brings you. We will be going into the fifth chapter of Ephesians next Monday. Please be with us, and please come hear what God has to say about understanding and, and, and opening up doors of revelation to his word to you. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the teaching. And we thank those that had an ear to hear what your spirit said unto their church tonight. Father God, we ask you to bless all the ones at the sound of my voice, all the ones that are here to record it, that they may, they may apprehend the things that you have put forth in your word for them, Father God, that they may have a, get a better understanding and a better revelation to your word. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we always say in leaving this line, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everyone have a blessed and wonderful night. Nobody come. <laughs>
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.